to spend every moment with my kids. My parents are like, fuck that. We're going to go party. <laughs> you have older siblings. They can watch you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I like that style of parenting. I think is a good, healthy separation. And if we hadn't done it, I wouldn't have gotten all those little parasols. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists that we love in New York City and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James, and this song is Trip Like I Do by The Crystal Method, who we saw at Warsaw on Friday, October 12th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit, at High Decibels Pod, for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review, please. Please do. We really need it. Yeah, we need, we need a little bit of help. We Some guerrilla marketing. Tell your friends. Show us to your mom. I hope. I hope parents you all, love us. I hope you are all responding to this to this well, this plea for uh, subscriptions and reviews, etc. From my um, ple- pleading female voice, I've been been told by a special guest that we have today that it would be far more effective <laughs> if I was like you guys I don't know does she know what she's talking about we'll see we'll see if we get an uptick I'd like to introduce that person now this is Hillary Walker who's our guest today who also attended the Crystal Method show with us please say hello hey everybody uh yes I, I just I, said use the word need because men really dig chicks saying I really need your help with this I, I really need you to like put a link in in your phone and like text this to a friend and share this podcast with everyone who loves music you can't see it right now but she's also twirling like her hair <laughs> so just have that drops. image in mind have your image in mind of this like blonde pigtailed lady with big blue eyes like pleading for your support male <laughs> subscription rate to this podcast going through the roof this time next week well, I don't know. Maybe the ladies would respond very well to you, you know, if you just do it real deep and be like, deep, deep ladies, in, uh, ladies, ladies, velvety, could ladies, use, could use <laughs> <your> support. Um, <laughs> okay, so listen, we're gonna get into this concert for the the people that are listening. You're right for the people that came for music. <laughs> We're going to get into the show, okay? So, uh, all right, again, we said that we saw this show at uh, at Warsaw, which is in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And uh, James and I have covered this venue before. Um, Recently. Because, right, because we saw a band called Pawn there, which was episode, I forget, maybe 10. Just go back in our history and please check that out if you want to hear more about this venue. But to summarize it, this is basically what, uh, and someone at the bar was trying to explain this to me. Her name was Kasha, that this is like a community house, which made me think that there are old people living upstairs. And she's like, no, no one lives upstairs. I was like, wait, just Oh, so not old people, just Polish. She's like, no, no one. No one lives upstairs. I'm like, what is that? I don't understand. And this other guy had to explain it to me. It's basically like a place where, like, mostly Polish people, but anyone can come and, and hang out, but they also do concerts. That's what it is. 
but it's like an elks club or a moose lodge like and it definitely has that vibe for anybody who's ever been someplace not in new york city who's who's got like a vfw or uh what's the what's the other one american legion i loved the venue i thought it was really cool i had to ask when it was built they said it was about 100 years ago and it just has that like you could totally step back in time and see like captain america and Agent Carter like having their dance there at some point in time in the past. I could see that. It's it's a great venue. And there are pierogies. You guys didn't tell me. Pierogies and kielbasa for six bucks for yeah. a plate. That was delicious and amazing. And it got me dancing through the end. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny you say that because uh, I believe I said something similar on the Pond podcast where like, it feels like something right out of like the 40s and like late 30s, that kind of thing. It, it almost looks like an old ballroom, basically, for anybody that hasn't been there. But uh, to reiterate stuff that we had said last time, check-in's super easy. They, you know, barely exist, to be perfectly honest. And, and I don't they wanna, don't search, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to disparage that because that's great. Um, staff is fine. They don't really bother you if you don't bother them. Um you know, alcohol, it's probably about the same price as just about anywhere else you can go. And Hillary's right. They got a little bit of food in the back there. And don't forget it's cash only because people tend to forget that it's cash only. And then if it's a really uh, like big, decently sized name with a ton of people there, then everybody forgets that it's cash only. Then they're rushing to the two ATMs and the ATM line is ridiculous. It takes longer to, than, than it would take to just walk outside and get something. Yeah, the security here is pretty uh, lax in terms of like as long as you don't try to get up on the stage or something crazy like that. I mean, people uh, vape and that kind of thing, and it's not a thing. Um, everyone's just really laid back, and I think what well, part of it is they don't have as many people come in, so they don't have to deal with a ton of people. I don't see a ton of riffraff going in there, so they're not going to be hardened from that. And uh, they're just, I, I, I don't know. I think i think it's just also just kind of the vibe of this place. Like, we don't want to be the kind of place that makes you feel unwelcome. We are a community house, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess there's, there's definitely part of that. And like you had mentioned, it never gets, like, the biggest crowds there. I've been there, this is the fourth time. And while this was by far the smallest crowd I've ever seen, we'll, we will get into that in a bit. I've never been there, and it's been, like, shoulder-to-shoulder packed. I can't Right, move. there's like, always somewhere to go. And, and they show the... The the concert on a screen in the in the side room. Yeah, like if so you if you're off to the side to uh, cool. yeah to wait on a bathroom line or if you're gonna uh, order a drink or something, yeah, you can still look up and follow along. Right. But actually, the thing I thought was really cool about the bathrooms was that there were there were two, and a lot of women particularly seem to want to just use the one back by the bar, and that's a single seater. But there's a really nice, clean, awesome bathroom out by the doors that you go in. I didn't and, know that. Oh, my gosh. There was never a line. It was the best female bathroom ever. And there was a line wrapping around back by the bar. And I said, well, I'll just try the one out by the front doors. And there was nobody in there. And it's clean, bright, well-lit. It's great. People don't know what's there. I didn't know it was there. I wish I had known that. The woman in front of me was taking forever. Um, yeah, so, I mean, listen, again, uh, I love the staff. This time I, uh, you know, the the bartender that I got um, cozier with was the taller blonde one, Kasha. Shout out to her. She had one of those uh, adorable little... I don't know if you guys know what these are, but they're like um, little parasols that are like made out of toothpicks and like crepe paper. And uh, I love those things. I was telling these guys that when I was a kid, when my mom would come home from the bar, she would bring home these little parasols for me. 
uh, to use for my Barbies or whatever. And they're like, when your mom, mom going came out there home, tearing up the town until four like, in the morning. Well, no, she was with my dad. Like I made it, it sound Both your parents out there painting the town red. <laughs> it made it there sound like go. my parents are barflies, but no, my parents just, and Marley is just playing home alone with her Barbies going, when will mommy and daddy come back? Why oh, does your care. breath smell I funny? Like, I was, no, I was like Ooh, rolling joints when I was eight. I'm just like hoping they wouldn't come home. It was a good. Oh, you're home early. Yeah, crap. <laughs> you bring my you bring my parasol. All right. Where's my parasol for my Barbies? Um, no. So uh, what I meant by that is just that my parents like like to go out and have a good time at a tiki bar now and then ostensibly, or maybe it was just an Applebee's. I don't know. But at the end of the day, this is upstate. There New was York, none of this so. like <laughs> helicopter parenting shit like you see now. Like I want to spend every moment with my kids. My parents are like fuck that. We're gonna go party. <laughs> You have older siblings that can watch you. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I like that style of parenting. I think it's a good, healthy separation. And if we hadn't done it, I wouldn't have gotten all those little parasols. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, it was very, very dead when we arrived. Uh, we took a seat and we chatted. I was surprised how dead it was. I was so convinced that it was going to really boost. I have to be honest with you. It was overall just just there just was weren't on the whole a lot of people there in comparison to the pawn show uh that james and i went to a few weeks ago they just, they just weren't they yeah, just or, weren't there or like any other show i've been to there i gotta I'm, tell you I was, yeah. I was really surprised because we got there eight o'clock it said eight o'clock doors are open and there was nothing else online it just said eight o'clock doors nine o'clock show right and then we get there and find out okay a show starts at nine but it goes to one in the morning didn't know that not a big deal for like us because that's that's it's a Friday A and B. That's the kind of shows we do for EDM all the time. But they they were not good at advertising what this time was going to be. Or maybe other people knew better than we did. Because uh, it was kind of funny. We got there at 8. It was absolutely dead. We go through the... Um, we all did Will Call this time, I believe. Uh, which is really easy. You just walk right past and you just say your name and show a card. And they'll they'll check you off and you're good to go. But they were like, you know, the show doesn't start till 9. And it's like 10 after 8. And they're like, do you want to like come back and then... Like, do you want to leave and then come back around nine when it starts? Because there's like no re-entry after this. And we're like, well, is, there's a bar here, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right. They're like, yeah, you should just drink here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, like, I'm just going to go find another bar. So why not just come over here and like give you money? Why are you telling me to like leave? But I think it was their way of saying like, listen, nobody's going to get here for a while. You guys are like the nerds that are here super early. But, but we weren't because it was like we got there later than we got there for Pond. Yeah, Around sure. the same time. And when we got there for Pond, there was a line around the around corner. The block, so yeah. you just don't know. I don't know exactly why. Like, why don't we announce openers? Like, why do we not do that? There was no, none of the listings had those people. The only reason I happened to know who the openers were was there was just some little piece of paper, which we'll, right. I'll put on the Instagram, that was taped up on a wall that happened to have the name of the openers. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not sufficient. And it's good for, like, you know, the gray beards that show up to know, like, you're going to be here for a while. For like, sure. the guy that you came here to see. You know, like that, you're not getting out a little until, bit. The, yeah, that set's not going to end until one o'clock. Um, now, granted, maybe we just didn't do a ton of research. We just are so used to eight o'clock and nine o'clock show, no, listen, 11 o'clock, whatever. That's fine. A, I didn't see a really. Damn yeah, you didn't opener. see anything. No, I did not. I looked and looked and looked to see like who's opening, who's opening. Could not find anything. 
Oh, well, they didn't even really do a good job, like, while the opening acts were performing of doing anything to let the audience know who was playing. They didn't announce it. They didn't throw it up in lights. There was just people got up there, started mixing, and it was like, yeah, have at it. We talked about this with Aki. At least Aki said, hello, I'm Aki. You know what I mean? At least she tried. This guy didn't even say who he was. Right. But they didn't give him a microphone, actually. the um, Scott oh. had to ask for a microphone like five minutes into his set. That's ridiculous. Oh, I didn't catch that. But still, they have this they have this screen at uh, Warsaw that's like behind the right uh, that's behind the artist the whole time. And yeah, it looked pretty good for uh, for the crystal method when they were up there. And yeah. even when we first got there before this first guy came on, um, they had like a crystal method thing behind it yeah they, they could have very easily just done like pretty simple lettering you don't have to do the crazy visuals like the main act's gonna get but you could have just put the guy's name up there on the yeah back. openers please 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 project an image behind you puts uh, something on your tablecloth a tablecloth that has your name on it yeah project something this is not just like us showing up at a nightclub and just here to party we came here to see a specific artist and we would like to know who that artist had open for them sure like I, this is not you can play it up all you want pretend like it's the limelight 1998 no it's not this is a concert and we want to know who the acts are like i just don't understand why this is such a problem why this yeah this two happens. shows in a row that it, that it's something like this where you can't like we said like especially for a dj when you have this table in front of you and you have a table cloth, you have just like have an a, actual visual yeah, thing just put, it's like make a small sign to do pin drummers to the front not there. put their name on the fucking yeah bass drummers drum? the bass drums always have a band's name on it you see that all the time it's the same exact thing just just something real simple a tablecloth because you apparently now we know this you can't just trust the venue to to advertise right. and put your right. name up you there have you. to really you have to be the person who is responsible right. for getting your name out making there. sure people know who you are and be- you because know? guess what now this wasn't a big problem this time because it's just a, a DJ show, but the again the sound like the vocals were not good, and anytime he was on the mic and trying to speak over it, it was just incoherent growling right. to me. Right, so anyway, you need so. to have some sort of visual cue. It's like I promise you, you DJs, we will come and see you For if sure. we know who you were. Tell okay? other people about it. Yeah. So I don't know. We kind of got off there for a bit, so I want to just rewind and get back to this crowd again. Uh, and let's just tell it like it is older crowd older white crowd uh i would say probably more men than women um uh, i would say the average age there was if okay so there was also uh a young and dorky like not dorky like but like music nerds like the kind of people that just dig into like obscure vinyl or whatever uh, you know, probably work in maybe the music industry in some capacity, look like they just came from those jobs in their button-down shirts and sweaters. Yeah, there was a, uh, a, a noticeable uptick in people that came in looking like they just got off of their 9 to 5 and, like, came right there. Right. You know, it's like, guy, you showed up at 9 o'clock, like, change out of that button-down in khakis, you know? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really a big fashion scene. I... When I go to different shows, I'm always like, "Oh shit, what do I wear?" To- Can I swear? I- oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We we there's there's really nothing <laughs> off limits here. If it's not off limits to you, it's not off limits to but us. But I I don't always know what to wear to different shows, and I was thinking like, okay, Crystal Method, and it's a slightly older band, so it's kind of expect or slightly older artist, so it's a slightly older crowd. So I 
was trying to dress accordingly. And when I got there and I looked around, I was like, okay, nobody else knew what to wear to the show either. Except for Adrian. <laughs> Shout out Adrian in the red and black dress. Oh my God. She looks so great. It was really, really hot. I love that dress. She that walked took me in. Back. Mm-hmm. She was really done. But yeah, most, most were not done. And that, you know, and I understand men just really kind of don't try when it comes to fashion. Not all men, not all hashtag, not all men, but a lot of guys don't. Um, but th- I didn't see a single one there except for that tall redhead a guy and he doesn't count because he looked like he was on staff yeah that guy looked like a vampire um uh yeah i don't know i feel like uh, especially like uh, as a guy and if you see a bunch of older guys at any concert they just grab the t-shirt you know what i mean they just grab the t-shirt and jeans to go out i try and put at least some consideration and i feel like most guys my age like my friend group put in at least a little bit of consideration like oh this is a rave i should wear like a ravey kind of shirt oh this is a rock concert let me throw on uh, a fucking flannel something like that you know there, there's a, a good amount of us that put at least a bit of effort yeah. into it. So we didn't see a ton of that. And on top of that, we didn't really see um, a ton of movement from these people. No. Uh, maybe some of them recently had hip replacements. Yeah. <laughs> don't quite move like they used to. Um, but yeah, I was surprised even like I expect women to bring it. And, um, you know, aside from the one woman that I just mentioned, you know, pretty much um, we saw a Joy Division shirt. That was kind of neat. Um, but uh, felt a little out of place, but I respect yeah, it. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, kind of it was a it was a choice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone, no one else, the choice they made is what's clean was, right, the, right, was right. the choice. So, I mean, this isn't a dig. A, I'm not trying to insult anyone. I'm just explaining this is what we were surrounded by. And it's just kind of jarring, especially for James and I who go to a lot of like uh you know like edm shows or whatever and we're used to seeing like all of these like crazy outfits and i gotta be honest with you maybe a lot of those people 20 years ago were in fact wearing those types of clothes for sure and at the end of the day it's like my generation that invented those styles you know what i'm saying like those styles came from uh whatever 90s raves and that kind of thing and that's carried on but i think the people that used to wear that stuff just like don't no yeah longer wear i'm that almost stuff. a little disappointed by that i definitely did see one like long kind of no 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 uh, i was dressed like a raver well sure no i'm saying it's, i did see that one that one guy that was wearing those like long 90s oh, techno I pants the big he, baggy pants but he was how old was he though i feel well that's what i'm saying i feel like maybe 30s, 30s. you know what i mean oh, um, he had i saw those... and he was trying to make the callback to it and i was a little disappointed that there were not more older people that were like oh, hey, hey this is my this is my chance to get out here and like wear this shit that i used to think was super cool in the 90s and nobody's gonna judge me i love it when people do that when they when they like pull that out and just like let me relive this for a little while you know what i mean pull out those ridiculous big rave <gasps> Pants well, I'm seeing people wear those 90s. just now, just younger people wearing They're making a bit Williams of a comeback, are, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like the waistline that's up to the nipples. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of weird fashion is making a comeback these days. That's Williamsburg. Um, okay, do you want to say something? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, that was our crowd. I would say our crowd was, uh, you know, so pretty subdued, I would say. And so bravo to all of the acts, especially the Crystal Method, who was a huge deal, uh, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s for just kind of being understanding that. Because I, sometimes I see like artists get sort of like resentful if you're not returning their energy. And it was almost like, yeah, I get it. You, you know, I, I know my audience because, um, you know, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I'm just saying he was very energetic. And in contrast, this crowd 
was they did their best i think i think people were interested but i think this was literally i I really feel like this was the best this crowd could do um so that being said because there was so little of that and so little of that i must be close to the stage and that kind of thing there was plenty of room to dance for this show because people were kind of spread out and super casual um there was only one guy who was to my right that was a little bit pushy with some elbows uh some elbow dancing um Every I, I, that was literally the only issue that I had with the crowd. Rest of the time, the crowd was fantastic. Oh, and he tried to touch your butt, or he did touch he your butt. He did touch my butt. Yeah, he. he I don't know. He would did, had this one weird. Uh, we'll call it a dance move, where he stood with his feet planted and just sort of twisted his elbows back and forth. But and and usually his hands were kind of like on his hips or near his pockets but it, for some reason when he was directly behind me his hands were not in his pockets cuz they were definitely kept brushing against my ass right. so whatever i mean people don't do that it, yeah it's and and then he was like really weird because he was acting like i was in his space and i was like is this like some weird form of old man negging like you're gonna give me a dirty look for being in your space after you move into my space like he had plenty of room and he just like got all up behind me and twisted those elbows and touched my ass like, sorry for <laughs> sorry i exist sorry i take up <laughs> space the worst part is this is the same guy I'm thinking about. Leather after, jacket like, balls. Yeah, yeah. Halfway through the set when he gave up on all that, he literally just stood there in the front center. Oh, my like front God. Hillary, what did you say that's like? And looked straight and, <laughs> and like filmed every now and then, but just like didn't fucking do anything. And like. his phone sucked. So there were, for a good chunk of the whole show, the last, the, the last half, there were these four guys standing right up at the front, right front and center not moving, just staring. And I said to Marlia, it's like guys with bad stripper etiquette. It's like it, like to just stand there at the very front of the stage, right where the fucking act can see you and not move is like being right up at the stage at a strip club and not tipping. Like if this were a strip club, somebody would have come by and be like, oh, sorry, you've got to be enjoying yourself a little more than this. So you need to make room for somebody who is. Right. <laughs> and then I made the joke. I was like, you guys, this is the crystal method, the crystal method, not the crystal quaaludes. Yeah. This is the, crystal, isn't the uh, crystal oxycodone. You know, I thought, you know, maybe honestly though, I was like, by the looks of them, I was like, they probably just had too much McDonald's and they're tired. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, just way past their bedtime. So anyway, that was our, that through. was our crap. Crowd. Uh, I didn't let it slow me down. I killed it. Um, I crushed it. I shuffled. I did all the things. Um, there was no need. And um, actually, like, you know, no one seemed to have a problem with me dancing or whatever. And, and yeah, we all were. All three of us were. So that was great. So that was kind of our crowd. It was just kind of like you go into a show like that, you know that it's, it's going to be an older crowd, but you know that they are they do appreciate the music uh the young people that are there certainly i would think appreciate the music i didn't come across with any of the people that i spoke to that anyone was just was just there because it was warsaw and it was cheap like people the people that were there knew who this group was so uh i was happy with this crowd overall there were actually a couple of really nice people in the crowd who interacted with us like one guy gave us gum and brought us water yeah, and then um, I don't know. A, a, there were a few like women who like just kind of casually struck up conversations with me, just being like super friendly and just telling me about their lives. They were just really friendly and cool people. So I mean, it was honestly a really friendly crowd, with the exception of yeah. Those somehow weird guys you found out that that like 
Big Lebowski and a shorty actually weren't a brand. I thought they were like a brand new thing because they were all up on each other. And you're like, no, they actually have two kids. And I was like, well, damn, that fire's still alive. <laughs> so you got to do what you got to do to keep that, that keep the spark primed, man. <laughs> they seem very That's into yeah, each other. Yeah, they were going at it. I think I turned to you and I'm like, all right, yeah, those those guys are definitely banging after this. So like, good on them, too. Locking the door so the kids don't come in. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So that was our crowd. I think that pretty much. Uh, gives you a summary of kind of you know the atmosphere that we were in uh in terms of i don't honestly remember uh venue music uh, you know there is no in between there's no setup it just goes from set to set and i don't honestly don't remember what was playing in the beginning so i'm skipping over that i will say uh i was pretty happy overall with lights which we'll get into as we get into this set and sound uh blew my left ear out it's still ringing um go ahead what you gonna say something no, no, no. okay all right so first off uh kicked off we're just kind of hanging out in that side room like it's 1942 and then there's a dj on in a dated leather hat uh do you want to talk about him dated leather hat and muscle shirt oh yeah and the muscle shirt listen yeah. by the way i just want to preface that by or qualify that by saying that i love that dated leather hat <laughs> um, anyway, so we want to uh, talk to us about our opener, first opener. First opener uh, is a DJ named Ryan J. McKnight, and that's about all we know on him. Thanks for coming. Oh, come on. So <laughs> I was trying to for find real, him. Though, yeah, this this one is tough. Like we, He's got an Instagram and like a SoundCloud, and there's a couple like news articles that, that are like, this guy, Ryan McKnight, played DJed at this pop star's birthday party and like that's the kind of stuff that i'm finding on him what i could tell is that he's also a makeup artist he does like fashion music all that kind of stuff so it sounds like he's more of like a guy in the business that also does djing on the side and that kind of thing and is clearly like linked a lot in lgbtq kind of circles yeah. there because he's, uh, from what i've seen is a lot of parties that involve that are like for lgbt youth or he did like an after party for rupaul's drag race so he seems like the kind of guy it's like he's never going to be a big guy i don't think he wants to be i don't think he cares i just think he likes to go out and do parties and that kind of i thing. mean certainly lgbtq and certainly um very uh sceny and you know and i think that was evidenced by the fact that i found a picture of him with uh, Amanda Lepore uh, and some other club kids from the back of the day. If you don't know who Amanda Lepore is, then that's not a clue. That's someone you really need to Google because you will never. For once you look up, you should Google Amanda Lepore right now, because once you yeah. see Amanda, you two, you two keep talking. I'll, I'll discuss. <laughs> yeah. Just, just once you see Amanda, I just want you to see what Amanda Lepore looks like because once you've seen Amanda Lepore, you'll never forget. There's literally no one on earth that looks like this person. Ah. <laughs> James, that's not the, that's. She made a yes. No, it's a, yes. Nobody she, looks like that. She it's made it into a David LaChapelle book. Uh, I, I, okay. So he goes up. You know, good-looking guy, whatever. Um, and he kicked off with no eyes, I believe, from Claptone, which I, I mean, that was immediately like won my heart over. Um, he's so '90s again. The leather cap, I, I loved it. Um. And he started out, in my opinion, with like straight up big beats. And then I don't know. I don't know what came after that. I, I'm suspecting it's probably a genre from the 90s, 90s like techno scene that I am not familiar enough to name. 
Um, but then he but the long and short of it is he definitely got real techno real quick right. for, for a while. Maybe, and then, but I, I think it's like, was it Acid House? Was it Electro? Was I can't really tell you exactly what it was. You know, there are some beats that I'm very good at identifying um, and some not. And then, and then he went just in straight up four in the floor house. But yeah, I do have a bit of gender. Uh, gender, why did I say that? Genre nerdiness. And I remember tw- I was looking towards Hillary, was having a good time dancing. And uh, I was like, well, you know, actually, I think there's might be uh, Detroit techno, like this annoying eight-year-old boy on the spectrum with facts. We've all met that eight-year-old boy that's like interested in dinosaurs or whatever and has to tell you everything he knows. And she's just like, I just wanted to. She didn't take me by the shoulders and turn me towards the stage like Drake Shout did. That's that is in a yeah because I turned to Drake at the last show we went to to tell him something and he's like really into it and he's an arm dancer so he dances his arms out like this like as um like um Frankenstein and then so he took he, he stopped and then he took his hands on my shoulders and he just like turned me to I was like she didn't do that but I definitely felt like that eight year old boy with a joke book I feel really sad for everybody who didn't watch you act out the zombie arms just now and the Frankenstein and the turn like it was very like you guys have to picture this it was it was good um but I I don't I I did have fun during his set um it I probably because it does remind me of a 90s d- dance club like limelight or whatever I just he oh, it oh, took him Club Marcellas yeah that was the club we used to go to. You, I don't expect you to know that. But it, it's like, like a Rochester thing. One I, Liberty Pole way, guys. I felt like um, each one of the acts had a very different style of like getting into their act. And for him, I felt like he kind of like settled into it. It was sort of like he was stretching, like 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 the yogi almost. Like he's stretching and he's like figuring it out. But he got into it. He got his groove. He was having fun. You could tell he was having a good time once he settled into it. But that was what I would say about his style is like he kind of got it going a little like warming up the engine. <laughs> yeah, A good warm up set kind of thing. You know, he, this guy could definitely take over any like kind of club and, and hang out for two hours and get a ton of people dancing. You know, um, there's really not like he doesn't have anything on Spotify that I could find a little bit on SoundCloud more. Just keep an eye out if. Let me put it this way. If you're trying to go to a club and you don't know who's going to be there and you see Ryan McKnight is going to be there, you, you'll be fine. You'll have a good time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, like, uh, there, I can't say there were a ton of st- uh, standout moments for me. Honestly, I, di- I did notice the big beat. I'm very big on these sort of, oh, the cat just put his butt on my glass. I won't be drinking out of that. Um, yeah, we have some cat. We are... Uh, uh, recording in a different room and the cats are, you might hear some ambient cat noise anyway. Um, yeah. So at one point it got just real gay with that, like pianoed up diva vocal driven, you know, you know, the sound it's like that disco, just like from gay prides of yore. And I just love that. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, ding, 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 ding. Ah! Like, I love that. I'll never, I'll never be able to get enough. So he definitely, uh, put in some of that, um, so I can't say that like this was a, like a, a standout for me, but it was like solidly good. Um, w- not terribly complicated. He did uh, milk every score of his set. The DJ that followed him was trying to go on and say, no, I am until 10. Yeah. And he played until 10 on the dot. Okay. 10 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. That's, those are our impressions of uh, the opener. And if you guys don't have anything more to say about Ryan, anything, anything? 
going once, going twice. I just liked how it looked like somebody asked him to put a shirt on at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, I guess this is a gun free zone. But then uh-huh. he had it on for, I don't know, five minutes, if that, and then took it back off. Yeah, I didn't understand that move at all. I was like, just leave him out. It's legal. <laughs> anyway, moving on um, to our next opener, which was Lauren Flax. So uh, the, this is another case of there's not a ton of information on her. She uh, seems to be somebody that's been around for quite some time. She's listed as having started around the late 90s in Detroit. So this very much is uh, somebody coming from that Detroit techno kind of uh, uh, background with her. But she's got most of her releases are as uh, a collaborator or uh, she is one half of the electronic duo Creep. And they released an album in 2013. Um, most of her stuff that she releases are, are just kind of mixtapes and uh, remixes and, you know, LPs, EPs, that kind of thing. Smaller smaller singles and, and all that. So there's not there's not like a super deep discography online with her. Uh, every, most of what you see online is other people like her as a uh, collaborator on them. So it's a featuring Lauren Flax. Um, at that super good as a DJ, you know, that the old-fashioned kind of 90s style. She takes me as the kind of person that's been around for a really, really long time in the business that everybody knows, everybody likes, everybody respects, but never really got her own break. So she's just kind of been at it, honing her craft and just getting really good at it. You know, that I think that that, that very much sums it up for me. Uh, the DJ, that uh, all the DJs, especially uh, from that area, every they all know her, they mm. all like her, they all respect her. Mm. And for whatever reason... There just wasn't that moment in the sun, though there very well could be. And, sure. and here's why I feel that way. Uh, I liked, okay, I'm going to admit I, I do have some something of a bias towards female DJs, but listen, if they suck, they suck. And she didn't. I liked her immediately. And the reason why I liked her and why, quite honestly, she outshone uh, Ryan McKnight from the get-go is that I noticed very early on that her music had layers to it. Um, like, so, you know, you had your four on the four house, but then later on top were these sort of interesting robotic sounds um again that was just like very uh cyberpunky to me which was kind of big in that time and it's also uh, an effect that the crystal method utilizes so i turned to james and said you will understand why this opener is very much a suitable appropriate opener for the crystal method this uh, this choice a hundred percent makes sense um i don't know how old she is but seeing she's been active since 1997 it would seem she's an old pro so that's really Really cool. Yeah, I've been she, around, and yeah. after a bit of research, she spent most of the last two decades or so in Brooklyn too. So yeah, she's pretty pretty much a mainstay at all of like the Brooklyn clubs elsewhere. Output, which we uh, recently oh, discovered, she? we recently discovered closed she, down. Which uh, so that's kind of bad. She plays it elsewhere. Well, actually, like, what is this? The twelfth tonight, she'll be at elsewhere. Oh my god! Yeah, wow. with Force Meat Disco, who I'm not sure about. I yeah, totally know who they are. Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to a different show, but you know, go to that and tell me how it is. Um. But yeah, she's played all kinds of like output, which as I said, we just discovered closed down like a couple months ago. We had no idea. So bad music journalists uh, on our on our end there. But uh, analog out near us, Bell House. She's like played she's done, analog? Yeah, she's done all kinds of stuff. I need to see her again. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely really, like one of those kind of mainstays that's always around. Jesus. Like, no, she uh, was really, really good. She's a natural. Actually, there was a point where I actually stopped dancing and watched her because she was just so interesting to watch. I don't know a lot about the mechanics of DJing outside of using vinyl myself. I'll be completely honest. But I just intuitively knew that there were these extra layers. It, it was very interesting to me. 
So I was saying that all three of the acts had very different approaches to like when they first got up there. And so um, McKnight was like kind of settling down. You could just sort of see him like easing into it. She was like, it was like watching a surgeon like grab a scalpel and some yes. tweezers and she's just going in it and precision. she's tweaking every little thing. It was very precision oriented. And in the beginning, I kind of felt like she was just like, you are going to hear how I'm different from this last act. I yes. mean, she didn't, again, nobody had a microphone, so there was no introduction. But if you had a blindfold on, you would have known somebody knew was at yes. the controls because it was almost like a big punctuation mark. And then she started adding all these layers. And it wasn't something that I could dance. And I can dance like everything. But I couldn't dance at the beginning because there was just a lot going on. But it was almost like, hey, hey, everybody, attention. Eyes up here. I'm doing a thing. And I, it was almost like I felt like maybe she wanted to be watched more when she first got up there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, eventually, you know, within seconds we're just on demand you know it settled into a more danceable beat and you could find the you know pick out the layers that you could move to and everything but at first it was just like hey everyone watch what I'm doing and this precision handling of the board that was just very unique to her and her style I agree and then honestly for me and this is this is not a dig this is just two different approaches that were fine for me Ryan McKnight was just like going to someone's place and like just help yourself just get something for the fridge have whatever you want and when Lauren Flax was like sit down I'm gonna give you this plate this is the first course it was just like this is the beat you will dance to this one Uh, (laughs) we're gonna uh, introduce some techno in a little bit but for right now we're Trip hop and, uh, <laughs> it really yeah. was and and honestly the what 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 I thought was funny about that was that uh, it dovetailed very well with with my drug of choice for the night which was Adderall which is you know basically a form of meth haha <laughs> crystal meth uh, for kids right yeah exactly crystal meth for kids uh, you know that sort of like you know sort of organized alert feeling that you that you have like this music worked out perfectly f- for that Adderall that was starting to kick into the moment you know I, I have ADHD I need it all right um but anyway but so here's the thing though and I think I mentioned this afterwards this actually goes for all three of the acts this music is very much music for people that are on uppers now that doesn't mean you need to be on uppers we're not saying we're not saying do drugs kids but what we're saying is is this music was made for people that are on uppers I don't know and, I wouldn't understand taking Molly at this show at yeah all. You, that's the kind of thing I'm saying like you need that um it, that's the kind of music it is so if you're not into that that really high energy kind of thing or if you don't do those certain things um then maybe this isn't the best kind of music for you but just so you know just so you're hearing it here first that's the kind of music this is yeah you're not gonna like there were certainly like that doesn't mean that these djs don't have moments where you know swayy you know drop it down a bit moments where you can just kind of relax like of course they have those but it's just sort of like doing tabatas it's just like okay you're gonna do this thing for this exercise as hard as you can for a full minute and not stop except it's not a minute it's like 20 and then we're gonna give you like a two minute break and then you're gonna go back on it it really is it's like the the tabata of uh of electronic music um so yeah I, i have to say like the style and the fact that, you know, you do have a lot of these uh, 
rock beats and that sort of thing and just more complicated things going on than you'll find at your average sort of uh, show at Brooklyn Mirage where things can become very repetitive to a point where you just sink in and it's just there is a little bit more of a a relaxation uh, aspect to it and that did not exist here and and so the thing is is I would go to Mirage and people would do coke and be like why like I don't get it I was like oh this is why you might do coke to an EDM show I was like this coke makes sense here I didn't do it, but I'm just saying it would make, I I never saw the appeal and I was like, oh, this, this is a drug I would mix with this music. Yeah. I'm not a big EDM connoisseur. I know like five acts maybe. (laughs) And Mm. I couldn't even tell you if you were playing a song like who did which probably. But, um, one of, one of my personal things about like EDM is that to me it gets really repetitive and it you know like I need something new and one of the things I loved 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 about the show last night and I would say all three acts brought it was that you just never had time to get bored something new was in the pipeline some new beat would take over some new like sound would like work its way in and then you had this whole new thing to dance to and that I I love to dance like that's my whole reason to have any relationship with EDM at all is just to move my body I lost a pound Real, I believe it. I I danced for four fucking hours nonstop. I was like, "Why do my feet hurt this morning?" Oh yeah, I was dancing all night. It's good exercise, you guys. Like seriously, keep that in mind. So anyway, uh, at one point uh, in the show, this is where the point where the bass got heavy. It got so heavy, yeah. like revving revving the engine of a motorcycle heavy. And this was the point where I turned to, I think it was Hillary and just said, my nose is vibrating. Mm. It's vibrating. My, face, my literal face is actually vibrating. But like, I actually tweeted that. Nose. She retweeted me. Who? Lauren, she yeah, Lauren Flax. You yeah. said my nose is vibrating? Yet? I think I said something like Lauren Flax make our faces vibrate at Warsaw right now. And she just like retweeted it. So oh, there you go. nice, James. Good yeah. good stuff. I love that. I love when artists interact with us. I love that. Please, we want to be your friends. Yeah. No, it's just, it's that's, cool. That's all this is. This is secretly, that's all we're doing here is we're just trying to worm our way into these artists' circles so we can be friends with we them. We are trying I to. I want to be friends with rock stars. We are, tr- <laughs> we are trying to get more people to go to yeah. concerts. We're trying to like get more support for artists and that sort of thing. But yeah, when they talk to us, it's great. And in fact, I'm just going to like an aside here that uh, I was having some nice little chats with uh, Aki, who was the opening DJ for the show that we last did in episode episode on which was we're now a biased caravan palace so uh but yeah no but aki was great because she could answer questions that we had um because none of you did no i'm kidding i'm kidding on but we had this question that was just like who picks the openers you know and she's an opener and she gave me uh a lot of insight both of us were you know both on the account but um a lot of insight as to how that whole process works um so that was really cool. I'm not going to get into how yeah, it does we'll, right let's now. Let's bring that up uh, maybe at the end. And, and but but the point is the point is is that artist interaction is great because you can get insight on the choices that are made and yeah, just basically why they do what they do. So that's really cool um, because it's so mysterious. All right. So anyway, uh, Lauren made our faces vibrate, and then apparently. Uh, Hillary's boobies were vibrating. I, mine didn't. I well, didn't. that was actually towards. Oh, the that end was of the later. Because we oh, we oh, started okay. out more towards the middle. Oh, because we got we we got shifted. By the okay. end of the show, we were shifted okay. over by the subs. Yeah. And by the end of the show, like yeah, yeah. my my boobs were. 
So facial and booby vibrations. You you love it or you hate it. Uh, okay. So then we uh, I watched her shift into and and you know what? In retrospect, like these aren't really things I really thought about. I think when this music was like really on my radar when it was really big, but I came to realize at that moment when I was like thinking about it retrospectively, I was like, oh yeah, a lot of these DJs use Miami bass a lot. Miami bass, uh, we've t- I've talked about it on this show before, but it's just like this beat that the the bass is slow and there's like these skittering high hats on the side on the top. Um, the best, the first song that always comes to mind for me is not because I think it's a good song, but because it's a song everyone knows is "Whoop." There it is. It's probably the most popular Miami bass a so- song that uses the Miami bass beat. Uh, and there was a lot of shit about "Whoop." There it is. I'm just, I, I I I mean it's fine. It's not the best. I mean, my favorite song is the one Be Your Lady, but no one knows it when I sing it. Um, But yeah, so I was finding a lot of that beat coming in and I did some shuffling. I was motivated to do that. It was really fun. I had light up shoes on. That was a that was a crowd pleaser. At the end of that, I was more soaked than a Sicilian with the meat sweats. So I think she did. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Was that offensive to you? Are you offended? We don't have a Tumblr, so you don't have an outlet for I that. I have a Twitter now, though. Are you going to tweet about it? Yeah. How I said something about how I was more soaked than a Sicilian with the meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> James is half Sicilian. Uh, yeah, so Lauren really got me hyped. And I was like, that's the perfect type of opener. Someone, because they understand that part of an opener is they don't want the uh opener to overshadow that the headliner and that was in no way shape or form going to happen but uh so solid and uh a great performance um she's understated she's not the kind of dj that jumps around a lot and does a ton of crowd interaction she just does what she does but the music that she plays uh is the perfect leading to crystal this is a this was a great opener this is a very good choice um Okay, so uh, then um, Lauren had me hyped, and then uh, Scott and Lauren did the DJ hug, um, which is a thing um, where the two DJs really love and know and respect each other. Um, This didn't happen between Ryan McKnight and Lauren Flax, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was annoyed with her showing up early, whatever. I was like, give her a, a break. She's probably tweaking. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so anyway, um, they did the hug, and that was that was really cool. You could tell there was like mutual respect there, and I always appreciate seeing that. Anyway, the reason I said Scott and Lauren is because um, the Crystal Method is not. Um, it used to be a duo, and the duo was Ken Jordan and and Scott Kirtland, and um, Scott Kirt. Uh, Kirkland is the remaining member. Ken Jordan has dropped out as of a couple of years ago. Um, is there something that you want to say? No, uh, just from my research on that, it's just the guy had been at it for decades and wanted to retire. Just, you know, did his time and said, all right, later. And yeah. the other guy just kind of was like, all right, as long as I can keep the name and keep going, what's the difference? Right. And he did. And, you know, I mean, a little bit of me is kind of like, Sad to not see the see it be the two of them. It'd be like the chemical brother, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, nonetheless, I knew it was going to be a good show. And uh, Scott Kirkland more than definitely, he really makes up for um, 
you know, being on, he's on his own and, and he has so much more energy than I've seen from entire bands of five. Um, he really brings it. Okay. So let me talk a little bit about the history of this, um, this act. Um, so they formed in, in the early 1990s and they were one of the first to, um, play primarily this, uh, genre called Big B. And I was really excited to cover this show because, uh, Bigby is one of my favorite genres. It's one of the genres that first got me interested in electronic music. I was certainly aware of it growing up as a kid, but there was nothing really that grabbed me about sort of like, I mean, to a point, 80s synth, to a, to a point, to a point, like early 90s house, but really didn't grab me the way Bigby did. And I wondered why that was. And I realized that the reason why I gravitate towards this genre so much is because the genre is like electronic music, but instead of the sort of steady uh, four on the floor that you would find in house is that it employs a lot of um, like uh, drum, like rock drum beats. Uh, you call them break beats, which is basically the portion of like, you know, the get down. Is that what we call it? Yeah, the get down. It's of like a rock song where it, yeah. all the other instrument cut out and it's just the, the drums. And you'll find that a lot, especially in like old like soul and funk sound. So they will take that drum beat and they will loop it and uh, they'll also use guitar riffs um so there is like very much a rock element to it um hip-hop is always used break beats as well so you also can find a hip-hop element in break beat and um i was saying uh earlier that uh, like Pro the prodigy was also a big beat act um they have a song on their album fat of the land that features cool keith who was a a big rapper back in his day and it, and it fits in perfectly so what i loved about this genre number one was that it did bring rock people into the club and it did bring uh, hip-hop aficionados into these dance clubs um and so I feel like I don't really have to choose in terms of genres. And it's probably also the reason why on the flip side, I really like dance punk, like LCD Sound System, Franz Ferdinand, the 1975, because that's the, the more rock side of it with the dance elements employed with their synths and that sort of thing. So uh, it was oh, yeah, it's like the reverse, the rapture, you know, right. So it is, it is like the reverse the rapture. This genre, I, I see it get crapped on a lot uh, online and I'm not really sure why, like, oh, it's so basic. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're talking about basic. Let's look at like, I don't know, Selena Gomez or something like that. But this is, I don't find it to be that way at all. I mean, it's, it's not IDM that's short for intelligent dance music. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, most dance music isn't terribly, terribly complicated. Um, well, it's like a similar thing. Uh, you're, uh, lately, I'm seeing techno get shit on a lot because everybody's like, it's just basic. It's like the same beat over and over again. Well, yeah, but it's like what you do with that. That's the point of it, you know, and it, it's and it's the kind of stuff that you right. and the fact dance to. So I, I never, not not to say that I'm like the biggest techno head in the world or the biggest breakbeat head in the world or anything like that, but it, I, I don't like to look at a, a genre like this and be like, well, it's too simple. It's too basic. Like at least this is like using instruments and, uh, you know, chopping things up and starting and stopping and there's vocals and all this interesting stuff. I don't, un I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't understand people saying that this is a super s simple, I mean, the, I'm sorry, I'm going on this tangent, but like the propeller heads have had this one album. They came out. They were also a pioneer of big beat. Uh, it's called ducks and drums and rock and roll. And in this album, it's like they have Shirley Bassey on there. They have fucking uh, the Jungle Brothers. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like the Chemical Brothers, they got Noel Gallagher. Like, you're telling me this stuff is simple? Are you kidding me? Like, you have these. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
Plus, I think it's more fun, honestly, because it's like being at a party and you're hanging out and then all of a sudden you hear, oh, my God, that one song we all know. But then there are those layers. And so even if you're maybe the last person to the dance floor, there's going to be something you're going to hear something that like, oh, wait, did you hear what they're playing under this or what they're layering yes. with this? And it's just got that kind of like party vibe, like, like like the same thing that happens when you go and hear maybe a new band you've, you're not so sure about. And then they like lay down this really sick cover of a song that you really love Mm -hmm. I mean that's what I think Big Beat brings to a dance party a dance like I don't know I it just really makes me want to move right because like in addition in these sets like an album is an album but when you go see a Big Beat artist I would say more often than not they uh, are known for playing covers they are known for doing remixes of rock songs that kind of thing um, that are very well suited to to dance music. So I honestly, I, I really don't understand the hate for this genre at all. I uh, I'm like a huge. I love it. I wanted to. I wanted to come back. I want more people to do music like this. I cannot understand why their rock music with dance beats is so popular but dance beats with rock elements is not it's like they're literally just opposite sides of the coin it makes no sense to me why are you laughing at me no, I, I think that that's a perfect summation I love what you're saying and I agree like I would way rather dance to dance music with rock beats like than just regular old house or techno that just yeah. does the same thing over and over and over so it's, yeah. it's so much more interesting and it's it's more fun so I agree I thought that was just a great way to put it I mean I love a good house track but for me house is like that's the time for me to sort of relax into a beat and just sort of go like ride the waves but like for me you know it's I'm not that's body surfing and uh, Big Beat is more like deciding to go swimming right after Hurricane Florence hit at the Rockaways not that Florence hit the Rockaways but you know the after effects it came up and the waves are like six feet tall and swimming in it which is a thing that Hillary and I actually did once. Um, that's what that that's what what Big B is for me. And and also too, honestly, yes, uh, that genre came to my attention at a, a great time in life. Um, so it uh, it just has a lot of happy connotations and and the artists are just cool like there really isn't a ton of controversy what was the biggest controversy in 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 uh, big beat what the prodigy did smack my bitch up and there were feminist groups that didn't like it that was like the worst thing uh, back to your Florence analogy because it's actually a perfect analogy but I don't know if people will necessarily get that if you go swimming in the ocean it's very different than swimming in like a pool or a lake and especially if you go swimming in the ocean on a day where there's like waves and undertow uh, you have to be paying attention to what the water is doing to what the current is doing because it is changing every minute and I think that's the thing like when you go to a big beat show you've got to listen you can't you, you can't just like get in the zone and bob up and down like there is something happening new and the beat is changing and one minute might feel very rock and roll like I was once he got up there I was dancing like I haven't danced since Buck Cherry released Crazy Bitch like seriously <laughs> I'm like pulling out all my crazy bitch moves mm. which you know they could never release that song anymore which is kind of sad because it was such a great dance rock song mm. but <laughs> anyways I went to dive bars back then uh yeah but um yeah so in one minute is like that and the next minute is like really 
poppy and the next mm-hmm. minute is like super techno and you just have different ways waves to explore right so, yeah I loved that analogy it was really good but I just wanted everyone listening to understand how well it fit that genre so I just yeah so again like listen if you if you don't like house music and you're like, I don't go and listen to EDM because I think house music is boring or you do like house music, which I do, but you're like, I would like to try something different. I want to do something that's more up. I don't want to do Molly. I want to try MDA tonight. This is, this is the part, that's a different drug. Research it if you don't know it. It's also known as Sally. This or Coke. Uh, is something mm-hmm. else you might want to try? Just, just meth. I would annoy. I shot. would. I would. I would avoid meth. <laughs> Maybe Adderall, but like this meth. is this is up music, okay? And and I, ha- I truly like. I I, tr- I recommend it just for the calories burned alone. Um. So okay. Oh, you know what? Another thing is that I noticed was that uh, Crystal Method is is known for having done um, soundtracks for mu- for video games, which makes sense. You want to be hyped during a video game. You do not want to be relaxed because you need to be paying attention or you're going to die. So that's why a lot of times video games have that w- when they have like those um uh whatever like I don't know much about video games, but you know those hype moments. What, what do you call them? You know what I'm saying? Where it's like it's like turbo mode or something, where everything is like twice sure, as fast. Sure, sure, sure. You take a turbo thing. It's like Mario when you when you have the extra mushroom. Right. So this exactly. So a lot of video games have that thing, whatever that thing is called, and this kind of music is perfect. That it's perfect for like a driving video game. It's perfect for that. So um, it makes sense. So that is the big beat genre. It is dear to my heart. Um, getting into Crystal Method specifically, again, big in the ninth in, in the nineties. Um, and uh, the name supposedly came from I don't know some Aroni, and she booked transportation for hip. It's you know it's a drug reference. Like that's just. <laughs> Definitely they have a not, whole, man. They have a whole story, yeah. but it's just like the whole like Gnarls like Barkley EMF. being like, no, oh, Gnarls Barkley has nothing to do with Charles Barkley. Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, they actually did say that. Uh, so anyway, so the biggest album was uh, Vegas and Vegas came out in 97 and that's where most of the big hits came from. And then there was an album called Tweak End after that. Um it's cool. They had some guests on there like uh, Tom Morello from uh, Rage Against the Machine. They got Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots. Like it was, it was good, you know. Um, so anyway, as the genre declined, so did their popularity. But then there are people like me who drag my friends to see a Crystal Method show that's apparently like a $25 ticket, which is unreal to me. I'm sorry. I was saying to these guys earlier, I was like, I saw the Chemical Brothers. I Yes, they were bigger than the Crystal Method, but they were both pretty much up there. And it shocked me. It's like the Chemical Brothers can get like uh, Charlotte DeWitt, who's like kind of kind of a big deal, um, opening for them. And they can charge $60 at Forest Hill Stadium. And, and the Crystal Method gets... Uh, $25 tickets at Warsaw, which is really smaller. I- I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Not to mention how few people were really there. I, the people that, yeah, this like comparatively. I, I we're not going to say it was like totally dead, but it's definitely, our, yeah, yeah, especially compared to other shows I've seen there yeah. and other EDM artists of similar, like, 
stature. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even say that, but similar draw. Like, you right. did not have that apparently. So, now. you know, people, you know, listen, I've spoken to people in their 20s, which understandable if you don't know what the crystal method is, you are still a child at their peak. But even people all the way up into their 50s who are like, I don't, I don't know them. And I'm like, how do you not? I say bullshit. They know them because they fucking used to watch Bones on Fox every whatever Monday night. And Crystal Method makes the opening music for uh, Bones. So like, I'm just like, oh, come on. You, you fucking know who this band is or who this, yeah. band, who this artist is. But um, yeah. What? Was it a massive attack? That song. Isn't that Teardrops? You guys are talking attack? to the mic. It's a Teardrops by Massive Attack. It's not Crystal Method. It's Crystal well, I know that Massive Attack did teardrops, but I don't know anything about who what's on Bones. Um, oh, I'm thinking House. My bad. Ah, Sorry. Yeah, my bad. All right, total tangent. Sorry. Yeah. Matt, you know we got we got to have one error per episode at least. Yeah. Keep things interesting. Keep people annoyed. Anyway, so but that being said, this guy, man, from from moment one, like, did not give a fuck that. Uh, what people spent how many people were there how much they were dancing he brought his energy 110 percent and i so appreciated that because a lot of artists would be listen i'm sorry i'm gonna go there but it was like shit he put out more energy than velvet negroni who was fucking playing the garden do you know what i'm saying like the amount of energy this fucking legend i fucking wish i get him to listen to this podcast to just understand how grateful I am that he didn't care if there was one person in the audience I could tell he could be by himself and I bet that's how he acts do you know what I'm saying like the pure joy and and how just gracious he is and so happy to be there it's not about who hey, I used to be can you imagine Daryl Hall playing a concert like that he'd just leave yeah He'd just walk away and he can't even sing anymore. You know what I'm saying? It was just like this guy was so big at, at, a, at, a, at a time in history and he's still so incredibly humble and gracious. And it just, I, I, my heart was just like swelling with gratitude from the moment he stepped on and was just like screaming at us. I love it when a DJ screams at me. So yeah, when he stepped on again, like they each had their own style of getting into their set mm-hmm. and I would equate him to like, if you were at a Gallagher show and he just opened by smashing a fucking watermelon over you, like there right. was no hesitation. He just jumped in and you were covered, like right. covered with musical watermelon boom. all everywhere. <laughs> but it was great. It was just, yes, it was boom. All of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, the headliners here now. And there was no question. Yeah. It just, he brought it. He brought it hard. He brought it instantly. Shit ton of uh, energy. So if you're one of the rare people who didn't know who he was, he did have his name projected. Mm. Excuse me, not his name, but the the name of the act uh, projected behind him. Visuals were pretty cool. He had some some weird video going on of like a guy's face. Sort yeah, of some like, sort of looping face video. Yeah, kind of thing, it was kind of neat. You know? He had, yeah. yeah. So he had five turntables, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, five. He didn't use them all at the same time, like a, an asshole. But they were all employed at one time. And no, there was a DJ that used to do that. And I was like, why? And my friend was like, because he can and it's cool. And I'm like, all right. I think that's a little unnecessary. Um, but uh, again, um, taking me, let's, let's go through this. All right. So the first song uh, that he kind of, he kind of kicked off with, uh, trip like I do, which is um, 
Well, okay, so it was its own song at one point, and then he did like a uh, collab with this band Filter. Um, the only other song I know that Filter there was Hey Man, I Shot. Um, so he did that for a movie later. But anyway, so that's kind of a, a big one. Um, and then he just did like I don't I can't name all the songs. I know that there's some like newer material that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, none of this got posted on like Setlist FM or anything. Yeah, so, so we don't really we're have just kind of going off of Mars knowledge of the band and like our impressions. Right. Yeah. So I don't have a set list to go off of, uh, and I'm not even bothering looking at a past set list because, you know, DJ acts are more loosey goosey, and and it, there's a damn good chance that it wouldn't line up anyway. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I should just take a look at it. There's all. none. Yeah, no. There's really nothing to go off of. Yeah, I feel like he's more loosey goosey, especially since like the number of covers he did and such, which I'll get into. Um, but uh, unlike Chemical Brothers, who are maybe just like a little bit more structured and like this is the song, you know, like from this album, or whatever. Uh, Crystal Method is like just a little bit more loose about these things, um, which is not a problem. Anyway, um, I'm going to play, usually I, usually I play this underneath and, and I edit and post or whatever, but I'm going to actually play it in this recording. This is like the classic big beat sound for you. I'm going to play this for you right now. So you see how it sounds like there's actually a person drumming, but there's not clever, right? Um, so, right, that'll really that'll get under your skin after a while. Um, okay, so going through this, uh, I have here. Listen, I, I mean, he was just kind of bringing it, a ton of energy, getting out from behind the table, jumping around, this and that. Here's here's a moment. He played Intergalactic, which just was like. And I felt like that guy, but I actually knew what songs were playing after hearing two notes because I heard like, what was you it? Heard two notes, I turned, like, I, I turned to you and I was like, I think this is intergalactic. Yeah. And uh, he was teasing. I'm just gonna say this right now. He was like teasing like little bits of Busy Child like all throughout the set, which I thought was kind of amusing. It would kind of be like, who's that band that did Black Parade? It would be kind of people like them playing, dun, 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 and then going to another song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, like like my chemical romance, like like playing those first three notes, and then um, no, actually, I'm gonna play something else. Oh, before he did Intergalactic, though, he did do Franz Ferdinand, which I thought you'd bring up because you were talking about Franz Ferdinand oh. earlier. He did Take Me Out. Oh, shoot. You're right. I don't think I, I neglected to write that down. You're yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he covered that one, which was interesting because I was like, oh, hey, this is the other side of the coin that For I've been sure. talking about. Yeah, yeah. How interesting. Yeah, I, I honestly, what happens a lot of the times, oh, wait, oh, I do have it here. That's why my eyelashes fell, fell off. <laughs> that was my, it was so good my eyelashes fell off. Um, Facial vibrating from uh, Lauren Flax probably right, helped. Right, right. Yeah, that she kind of like, she just dislodged them a little bit and got them loose and he just put in that final whack with that Franz Ferdinand. Um, I loved that. That was That was really fun. I'm glad that you remembered that. Um, so, uh, then we had, uh, okay. So yeah, so the intergalactic was really, really fun. And then we had, um, just going through, I can't exactly tell the order is here cause I didn't write everything down. Um, but he definitely covered, uh, blur. 
and he kind of mixed it with busy, yeah, busy, that busy one was child. Yeah, cool. I, I remember that one coming in. Yeah. But, well, I, didn't you hear hash pipe too? I could have sworn I There's heard a hash bit pipe. Of that, yeah. I could have sworn I heard like a little bit of hash pipe, and I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, I don't exactly remember the order. Oh, okay. So there's this song that I really, really love. Um, it's like it's called Renegade Master. I can't remember who originally did it, but um, Fatboy Slim did this did this remix of this song called Renegade Master, and they played that. Do you remember this moment? Back once again with the Renegade Master. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was a favorite of mine. That is like a classic, classic. Uh, big beat sound. Um, I wish I, uh, you know what? I'm gonna find that and I'm gonna just sneak that clip in. So you can understand why I love this sound. Okay, so then um, I have. Oh, they did a cover of, uh, is it called Let It Roll? Is that the, is that what the name of the song? No, it's Roadhouse it? Blues by The Doors. Roadhouse Blues. And if okay. anybody who's following us on Insta, sure hope you do, you will know from a story that I post, I fucking love The Doors. It is one of my all-time favorite bands. And uh, yeah, anytime somebody, anytime I go to anything EDM and somebody pulls out a cover of like a classic rock song, because there's some that you always hear, mm-hmm. you know, there's a you know a lot of, um, not even classic rock, there's a lot of like Blink-182 you'll, you'll hear and that sort of thing. You know, uh, but if it's like a song or like from a genre that doesn't usually get tapped on, like at the end of last day of Zoo this year, somebody played a Born song, remixed a Born song. I love. And I might have been DJs the only one this. that was running up there singing along to it because like nobody else. Seen. I was getting weird looks. I'm trying to hit those Which notes. Which one and was sing it? Along. Electric. Electric Love, of course. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, yeah. So for those of us that love rock and dance, this kind of thing is really appreciated because at one moment the guy is playing House and the next minute he's playing The Doors. Um, oh, I skipped over something. He also played Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order, which is, you know, not really a, they were a band, but they're just a your synth heavy band. Um, dance, rock, whatever, I don't know. They call it synth. What do they call it in the 80s? Um, new electric. Wave? New Wave. Or new wave. wave, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, but yeah, but Bizarre Love Triangle came on and I was actually in the bathroom at that point. So some, some lucky chick in the stall next to mine got to hear me singing along with that. Cause I just, yeah, uh-huh. I was feeling that pretty hard and Every heavy when you play that see you falling. It's so great. Then, um, listen, it's really hard sometimes to like do all this stuff at a concert, like recording and labeling and stuff. It's insane. Um, Especially while you're trying to make those shoes light up, because, you're just, right? Because w- when she said earlier that she crushed it dancing, like I want you all to know, she fucking crushed it dancing. Like no. I, I, I dance a lot, but Marlia kicked my ass last night. I'm really pleased with what my body is able to do. Look, look for some clips of that on Instagram. I did catch some do. some guy like I put it on his Instagram and tagged me. Oh, really? I, I mean, I told that. him who I was. He didn't oh, just okay. figure it out. They just creep up on you. But he just said, like, oh, look, I made this video of your shoes. And I was like, oh, tag me. And he did. He did it. Sometimes people don't. So, you know, it's always nice when people actually keep their word. All right. So anyway, then he played. OK, so at this point, um, I'm really high, too. So I have a little bit of extra emotion. But I think this could have happened anyway. It definitely had some feelings come in. Um, he played uh just straight up played it pretty much. I mean, maybe he added a BB. Pretty much played uh, just what I needed by the cars. Um, yeah, he barely touched it. He okay, yeah, the it. crowd went nuts, and I actually kind of 
you know, got a little bit sad because, you know, for, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, Rick Ocasek, the lead singer of that band, passed away. Uh, what a month like ago? Like two weeks ago, two or three. Oh, uh, what? Okay, well, I thought Recently. it was like a month ago, but you know, uh, yes, he was older, but he wasn't old, old. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, that was really sad yeah, to and me. Yet Keith Richards is still kicking. Right, such a classic, such a classic band, and you know, when you know that you're never going to hear that song again, um, sung by that guy. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I felt sad. You know, I was glad he did it. And I wanted to actually like, well, I'll get to this later, but um, I don't know if he knew Rick or anything like that. It was just like, it was just like such of an out of the blue choice. And given the sort of topical aspect of it, I thought, I wonder, you know, if there was any kind of relationship there. But what I loved about that is, you know, we were coming out of another set of beats, like some mixes, and then that really iconic opening and intro and blah, 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 intro to just what I needed plays and you have this moment where you're like is that is that what we're gonna hear because Dead. your brain just yeah da, da, yeah da, da. and you're like fuck yes and As everybody like, was excited everybody everyone knows that beat it's, that. yeah and and that's I think that. another thing about like big beat music is you'll hear this beat come in that's like so iconic and you're like no He's fucking way it. He's just gonna loop it but he played the whole fucking song dude he played the whole song what did yeah, you think was, of that moment James I thought it was really cool because it was a nice little thing where it's just like listen I he I'm sure he does do a remix of that and plays it plenty but he's just like I'm just gonna play it. everybody will like this everybody will appreciate it everybody should know why I'm playing it so it's just a nice little tribute to even if it isn't somebody that he knew you know it's just yeah. he just recognizes this person as a major influence on the business that he's been in for 30 years, you know? It was just what we needed. Womp womp. I love, I love upon. Um, okay, so then he went into this song called Coming Back, which is also off of Vegas and um, uh, a well-known song of his. It was never really my favorite one for some reason, but I can get with it. I can, I can get down with it. It was also about this time where his... Uh, he had he did the whole like he- headphone band thing in the front of his face instead of the back or the top like where it actually goes and they go right over his eyes and I'd be like that is a straight up Jordy LaForge look. Oh yeah. And I w- <laughs> I wanted to get a photo of it and like hashtag the actor who played Jordy LaForge but I couldn't find his Instagram. Somebody needs to make him his head, a new set of headphones that actually have like the little red laser that goes back and forth. That would oh be my so tight. God. <laughs> yeah, um, hit, up, hit up Def, Def Punk's guys. Um, so that was kind of cute. And uh, okay, so then he, oh, was this when it happened? I see, yeah, my, my notes are a little bit organ- unorganized. Okay, right. So the next thing, was um rebel yell that was really fun too so that's a billy idol song for those of you who don't know that might have been when i busted out my buck cherry moves like, <laughs> i mean you can't like, that rebel was really yell, really like, really fun yeah. really fun moment and then he did something really cool oh and then he played what you want by the the beastie boys that was a really good time yeah it's a good one yeah uh, it's really not hard to get New Yorkers to move to Beastie Boys, you know. Right, and then he did something really like 
off the the beaten path that I didn't expect at all. So he just randomly popped in the Stranger Things uh, opening credits yeah, song, which right. was great. Neat. Actually seeing that in a week. Uh, those artists, I cannot remember the other guy's name, like Kyle Dixon, and I always forget. Um, but they're of a band survive and they did the music for Stranger Things. I thought it was really, really neat. A lot of people did not pick up on that, I could tell. Um, then he did um, then he did uh, right here right now. That is a Fatboy Slim song and uh, did a great job with that one. I'm, I'm certain that I'll be playing that underneath. And uh, then he went into Busy Child, and I see the note here is at 12.49 a.m. And I thought, wow, are you going to do like an 11-minute mix of this? Uh, but that's not what happened. Mm -mm. I thought I thought that this would be the final song, and it would make sense because he'd been teasing it all night, and it was like it's the biggest hit. It's such a good song. It really is like sung straight out of a video game. It's just got a lot of interesting little um, bits to it like it has a, a cool kind of repetitive vocal but then it has like these sort of robotic sounds and then like these like squeaking sounds like like a siren type thing I would say it's more like a siren um it's just good it just gets you so hype I just want to like jump on one of those like crotch rockets and just like go right but I mean it's going to be a revel <laughs> like 30 miles an hour things are fun as fun as shit though hey in New York City 30 miles an hour is pretty fast yeah but yeah it just reminds me of like I don't know it was the kind of song that reminds me of like one of those fastest and furiousest movies do you know what I'm saying just like racing racing through the desert so okay so the thing was was that what i thought was interesting is that he plays busy child and i think it's the end of the set and then he played like a couple of slower songs which at first i was like this is kind of weird like to end things out like this but then i was like oh it's like corpse pose at the end of yoga class you know what I'm yeah saying? just, just uh, like, like <laughs> give you yourself have, a minute or two right, to breathe right to the, at the end because then he like brought it very back up at the end which is kind of like when you get out of corpse pose and then you have to do some like breathing stuff and namaste and yada yada and he by the way, his namaste was fucking killer. Because here this guy, like I said, is a goddamn legend and playing to far fewer people than he really than should he be. Deserves, yeah. And he spent, it was hard to, I think I got it uh, on, I got a lot of it on recording. It was hard to hear him. Um, but basically the gist of it, he's like, I love music. This is what I do. I'm so grateful that I get to do this for yeah. a living. I want to thank you all. I haven't seen that kind of gratitude since, well, probably Kevin Parker at Tame Impala. Mm. But even then, this was far more because it's really easy to be grateful when you've sold out Madison Square Garden. But, you know, when you used to be playing arenas and, and now you're playing Warsaw, you still have that level of gratitude. I was like, this man is a true gentleman. Uh, he's he's incredibly talented. He gives 110%. Uh, I just, oh my God, he's a dream. He's passionate, he's energetic, he has full lips. He still has a full head of hair at his age and is also a little bit fat. Like, he's like the perfect guy. So can we talk about the health issue? When when was that? What health? He, didn't you say he had a... Oh yeah, but I didn't know that it came up in the show. Well, no, but you were talking about how grateful he was to perform yes, just okay. a small venue. Yeah. And this is actually something I can talk kind of personally about because... Well, let's let's say first exactly right. what happened to him. You say first what All right. happened to so him. All right, so back in... um Oh, man... I'm trying to find this right here, exactly what the story was. 
okay, here we go. So uh, back around 2013, um, Scott Kirkland had to have a surgery to remove a cyst from his brain. Um, it was benign, but it had to go. And he, oh, this quote, this just kills me. He says, it's a simple procedure as far as brain surgery goes, but they still had to cut into my skull and skull and noodle around in there. The surgery wasn't as bad as the infection afterwards, which landed me in the ICU for 10 days. Thankfully, I made it out okay. In hindsight, as weird as it sounds, I think we were able to make a better record because we came through this. And that's some shit. Like, that's a lot to go through. Yeah, and I would say that um, have, as speaking as somebody who went through a really serious health problem of my own and also performs, um, there is just a level of gratitude when you come out the other side of something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I did a improv in Daytona Beach for whatever. Anyways, that was kind yeah. of my thing. But there were times when we would have nights where we'd pack the house and we'd have nights where, yeah, we had maybe as many people in the audience as we had on stage. And it just didn't matter to me because I was still on my feet and still able to perform and still able to do a show. And so I can really understand and appreciate and connect with that level of gratitude that uh that he did express and uh, yeah there's something very special and i you're probably going to talk about after the show too um as well yeah i will but basically you know uh again uh, so kind and gracious and 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 seeing and seeing that on stage uh i i thought yeah i guess that's a good point it may have something to do with what he's gone through that like he continues to persevere and he does it so well despite the fact that um despite the fact that, you know, he's faced with this challenge of, you know, there's not going to be that level of ego boosting, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's like, he can accept that. So, uh, okay. So this guy is a, a huge fucking star in my mind. Um, I stick to that. And what does he do? Pretty much immediately. No cool down. No, I need to have a drink. No, I need to decompress and be away from my fans. No, uh, I'm just not going to talk to my fans at all. You know what this guy did? He got on the mic and he said, you guys are going to be by the merch table. Come say hi. Can you believe that shit? So I got to the- After a two hour set. After a two hour set. Now, mind you too, it's just like, I I really don't like to break things down to age, but the reality is, is like, I just don't see a lot of guys his age able to achieve what he did. He didn't just stand there for two hours. He's running all over the stage. He's yelling and all doing all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And after that, there's none of this like- you know, rock star ego fucking, I'm going to, I'm just going to go chill and backstage, whatever. No, the man immediately after the show says, uh, he, what he said well, at, at, at the end of the set, he's like, I'm going to be the merch table and true to his word. It wasn't, I thought I was going to be standing there for a good half hour. I'm at the merch table and literally I'm standing there for five minutes and I guess he must've come down through the side or something. People don't, cause there's all these people following him. Like he was a Pied Piper. So then I was like, am I first in line or am I at the end of this line? Cause I got to the merch table before you all. So fuck yourselves that you took the, the approach that you did. Um, but, but yeah, so immediately afterwards he is, uh, greeting fans he's signing these little postcards for us he asks us about ourselves or whatever i was a complete tool i was just like i did not know what to say to him i really wanted to thank him for playing that car song and ask him about rick i wanted to ask about his relationship with lauren flax and all of that completely flew out of my head uh the moment that i that i met him 
and uh you know whatever he, he he was doing all the talking just pointing out my shoes and my fanny pack and my my uh mud flap girl belt that i have and all this and i'm just like well just in like, fairness he took you by surprise like i will say okay, this, so this yeah, in so this your defense so like like you said we went out by the merch table because we're like okay we're gonna That's be waiting he said here to go. and it's and he comes through the doors like moses leading the israelites yeah. through the red sea and we're like what the fu- oh shit so am i and behind so, these people so front? yeah so now there's like a line behind like that came in behind us and we're standing next to him kind of like I don't know like we're official groupies or some shit I don't know we're just like band-aids they're called (laughs) band-aids idiotic like smiles on our faces going we don't really want to fucking go to the end of this line because we were here waiting right we don't get in a line but I will wait for uh, a good a good gap I was hoping what I was hoping is that some you know, nice person would notice that we'd been standing there before they were and wave us. But what happened instead is that he just turned directly to me. And you were and like looking like, at your phone, probably like looking for, you were talking about who was going to take a picture and you were probably right. looking for notes or something. I was looking, I was, you were, like, I was scrolling through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like saying, and Hello. your name is, and he's like right, right in our face and like right up Marlia. He's like, and your name is, and yeah, Marlia. It was like it was like waiting in line for Santa Claus and then like Santa just picked you out of the line and was like now in, and I'm like we didn't have time to like rehearse my mm. speech and all of this. I thought I was going to have a little bit more time. I knew, yeah. Oh, I was looking I was my off notes to the side. I wanted to remember things that I wanted to say to him. Uh. But he 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 picked he picked he uh, singled me out um before i had figured out what i wanted to say to him and so or remind myself what i wanted to say to him so i was completely caught off guard and just had a purely emotional moment and just said what was really at the core of it which was like yeah you know you helped me get through some difficult times uh (laughs) back in the day and he really appreciated that and he took a picture with me and hillary um which is actually a good picture i was i Cause I, you know, a guy took it, so of course he only takes one. He doesn't know to take. You need to take like ten. Um, don't, don't look me in the eyes. Change, change. I, <laughs> I wasn't me. I'm not looking at you. It's not. It doesn't direct us. I do remember the dude was like six eight too, so it was like a super tall guy. Ha- hashtag pictures of you guys. Right. Hashtag not all men. But yeah, no, it was good because it made us look uh, like cute and diminutive that he was like from the angle from the top so i like that he decided to do it um but the picture actually turned out great and that's going to be on our instagram and uh scott like what a guy what a fucking guy i I don't know probably not going to listen to this thing but jesus i really appreciate you you know wherever you are out there in the world right now in the ether yeah yeah so uh in closing i mean i i think that that pretty much covers uh everything really is there anything that we're missing any moments highlights impressions anything like that i just said it was like a really great show all the way around scott was amazing he just brought so much energy i think you really hit the nail on the head when you're talking about his gratitude to be sharing his music with us and 
yeah, you just kind of wanted to like burst into tears like, no, thank you. Like, I mean, I felt yeah. cheesy, but he did. He said thank you to me. Like you walked away like float. You didn't, she didn't walk away. She got her picture. She got her postcard and she like floated. She I was floated off into the clouds. Like, and then and I thought like, OK, he's out of postcards. No, he whips around. He turns around. And what's your name? And then he signs a postcard for me. It was really sweet. And he's like, thank you so much. I'm like, I, I, thank you. Yeah, like, I, all I did was stand there and dance around <laughs> you well which is more than Stare a lot of the audience slack which is more than a lot of the audience yeah. did but yeah, all these uh, people racing to line up to get a picture with him it's like you stood there you stood there, stood there I, for I, two hours I, I was feeling, I watched I saw you I was feeling really strong regrets because I know that this this is not a pat down kind of venue or whatever and I would have had no problems with having uh, a bit of bulk under me that bulk being a sign made out of fabric um and i was front row you know this this would have been a very easy show to have a sign like i made for matt and kim and i just uh, slipped my mind i wish to god i had done it i wish i had probably could have gotten that sign he i could have gotten the sign signed and yeah oh god the regrets that i'm feeling right now seriously um in any event highly recommending uh checking out Ryan McKnight, Lauren Flax, and especially the Crystal Method. If you have any opportunity, we put links at the end of our show notes um, that tell you where you can find their music, if their music is available, um, as well as their future show dates. So definitely check that out. For sure. And for anything else, uh, well, actually, we forgot to come up with a Twitter question, and I think I have a good one. Oh, what will it be? So you discussed how... uh, this genre has sort of fallen off the wagon and it's sort of lost popularity, right? Yes. So my question is, what is a favorite genre of you, the listener, that you wish were to make a resurgence? Don't say vaporwave. That's Don't the only one you're not, al- <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to say. We're taking that one off the table. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Mm-hmm. Like what, yeah, what twi- Twitter, Twitter followers, what is a favorite genre of yours that fell off the wayside that you wish had not? And Reddit. Right. That's or at least that idea. you want to make a comeback because okay. every now and then you see ones make a comeback. All right. So now we're closing out the show. And I now have to say follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. And also look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. And subscribe, follow, rate, and review. And if you have listened in the past, you know that I definitely wrote this down in Reddit instead of trying to just think of it off the top of my head. Right, but even then, totally we, fucks it up. Then, right, but we missed the part about the song that we're closing out of. Oh, what song are we closing out with, Marlia? It was "Busy Child." Sure we is. We talked about that. Well, I thought you were gonna say it. <laughs> no, it's you. All right. Anyway, guys, please enjoy uh, the uh, remaining of our, our little sound clip here, and uh, thank you so much for listening. I just want to thank you guys for letting me come along last night. I had a great time and thanks for letting me. Thanks for sharing your microphone with me, James. I'm sorry if I hogged it too much. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we do the classic pass back and forth. Pass pass to the right hand side here. Oh, we appreciate you you being here. Uh, It's really nice to have a guest, to have like a, a fresh perspective, something outside of our own. So thanks again for taking the time to do this. Awesome. Uh, okay, cool, guys. This is uh, Marlia, James, Hillary signing off. Have a good night. Thank you for listening.